<laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Well, Bradley, thank you for coming on. Just I'm very excited to have you here. Yeah, it's nice, nice to be here. It's a first, first for me, so it's very exciting too. Oh, very exciting! This is uh, this is going to be new for both of us then. So, just to begin, I I met Bradley back in Tel Aviv in 2019, and he had the honor, and I had the honor of him him baptizing me and me being baptized by him. We built an incredible connection, mm -hmm. and it's just great to have you on. Still keeping this dynamic going. And uh, Fantastic. I'll start with yeah. you. Maybe a little bit of backstory where you want to begin. You, um, I'm English, as you can hear by the accent. I grew up just near London in a place called Kingston-upon-Thames, uh, which is a really nice town, which has easy access to London. You can even take a boat trip into the city centre. So that's really fun. Um, I've got a brother. He lives in America, actually up in Seattle. And he's been he's an American citizen now. Been there quite a long time. I can't remember how many years now. I'm married and my wife is Norwegian. So I'm actually videoing this from Oslo in Norway. We have three children. As you can see, I'm in the kids' bedroom at the moment. <laughs> my eldest is 15 and my daughter is 13 and my youngest son is seven years old. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And and I had the uh, the privilege of meeting Bradley's family and I mean, Mara, his wife, incredible woman and his kids, incredible characters, the whole cast. And it's, yeah, it's so, yeah. what I like is seeing so much how the, uh, just kids, how they resemble parents in some ways and some not. And if you know the parents well, you can kind of see the, see the parallel between them. I always find that exciting. Yeah. 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 That's always a privilege of being a, a parent, isn't it? You see kind of certain traits in your kids and mm. their own personalities developing as well. And obviously traits from both, both parents. So that's always, mm. uh, a fun dynamic <laughs> right and, and what's incredible too is i mean maybe we'll segue this into kind of more or less career but you guys have been in israel for a while and then obviously the uk and norway so pretty well traveled and experiencing yes a lot of the globe uh so yeah we can segue yeah. with that uh bridging that into what you're doing i mean if, if you're not watching the video if you're on the podcast um bradley is wearing his full cleric uh um how would i say apparel and we can we can segue into that. It's excited to to hear this. Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, my background is professionally speaking is I trained as a teacher. Um, so I worked well in England. We have a subject called religious education, which I know you don't have your side of the the, the pond, as we say. Mm. Uh, fascinating subject to teach. So I taught mainly secondary, which I have to translate that that is eleven to eighteen year olds mm. in the school system. But I always felt really quite early since I became a Christian, which I became a Christian when I was 21. So it was a big change for me that somehow I wanted to kind of serve kind of more full time in, in a church context. And that came later on in my life and originally ordained as a deacon through the Church of England. Hmm. And then later on, had the real privilege, unexpected to be ordained as a priest through the Anglican Church of North America. So there's another connection with our cousins across the pond. Mm. that my ordaining diocese or provinces, the Anglican Church of North America, and that happened what, three and a half years ago as a priest. Mm. 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 But I've been serving as well before I moved out to to Israel. I served in the Church of Norway here as what they call a catechist, which is mm. someone that works with the, the, the confirmation candidates that are going forward to confirmation. But really, in simple terms, it's a youth and family pastor. 
Mm. So then having been so there, a, a mix between being a pastor and being a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in a way, they kind of are two in the same to some extent where there's teaching and there's really bringing a community of people together and sharing a message mm. and, they, and at times even challenging them to think beyond their limits, which is kind of what we're trying to do here on Zeus with Bruce. Yeah, do fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, incredible. Incredible. And so what, what were some, being in Israel, what were some... Uh, because you were there for, I think, what was it, seven years, I think, or maybe? Uh, uh, oh, in, in total, I was, in I total. was there uh, before I was married. So that's, uh, I was in the West Bank and East Jerusalem, so mainly with the Palestinians. So that's just mm. under two years. And then I went back with my family and we were there for four years. Okay. So, yeah, so it's about six, nearly six years in total. Yeah. And And as you can hear, I've lived what we say, both sides of the green line amongst the, the Palestinians mm. and the Israelis. Right. Right, right. So love the country, love the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we we were there together for about 10 months, which was the duration. And Mm. what were some of, just from your experience, a lot of the listeners, one, don't even, I don't think could find Israel on a map, right? Couldn't find West Bank, aren't really educated Mm. in this dynamic. But without getting too deep, what are some things that you would notice being someone who's been on both sides for over Mm. two years each? What are some things you pick up that people may not, recognize or understand or just little uh, tidbits that would be helpful for painting a more nuanced picture of what's what's uh your experience and kind of just what was going on yeah. it's a good good question not so easy to answer in a few sentences of course yeah, take so your time. i'm just giving you like a yeah. like a little taster here living amongst the palestinians was quite awesome to be honest so they're amazing amazing people so full of life so full of passion love to dance very mm. hospitable people and and i found them a real joy to be with of course with their own story and the pain of that story which is enters mm. into the conflict um and then of course the israelis and that's a, a completely mixed bag as well from different backgrounds nationalities but fascinating people i i just love the there's a real friendliness with a directness as well with the kind of Israeli culture that I mean right. a lot of people can find oh you know but I, I kind of enjoyed that you knew where mm. you stood with people um <laughs> right. uh, for better and for worse sometimes but in the, in the mm. whole I think it was uh, very refreshing especially being an Englishman and coming from a culture that tends not to express very mm. clearly what they think and feel so I, I like that about the Israeli culture and and of course, as you could probably gather, I've got a real heart for both communities and mm. have mm. a real desire to see some form of reconciliation. Right. Hopefully in the in the in the nearer future rather than the long term future. Mm. Yeah, very well said. And what's powerful is I, I remember the when we had graduated, we each had because uh, it was done through virtual and we each had our mm. name and uh, our, a picture, our name and a quote. And I don't remember yours right. verbatim, but it was very similar where uh, it was about peacemakers and have, like yes. blessed are they and they're going out into the world yeah. and it really resonates yeah. with what you're saying and trying to connect mm. with both sides and just finding a way for middle ground and just having the aspiration for some sense of reconciliation that can happen absolutely yeah i mean that that uh, the scripture is um, out of a very famous sermon that jesus did called the mm. sermon of the mount and yeah. and it's part of what's called the beatitudes kind of the the blessings if you like that he wants to give to people or actually to acknowledge in people that's more accurate to say blessed mm. are the peacemakers but they will be called sons of god 
Mm. And I, I suppose, and that's another story. That's a journey that I've been on. Yeah. That sense of what God has done in my heart and the desire to to see peace for mm. sure, absolutely, but also recognizing the complexity of the history and the, of the peoples and, and of the situation. And and if in some little little way I can be a, some sort of bridge bridge builder, then then for me that's that's why well, it's a wonderful calling to have. No, powerful. And even in the context that it's not just, let's say, uh, Israelis and Palestinians, just even other groups, right, and finding ways that they can bridge the gap, right? Like within, um, with Ireland, right? Like the, the Protestants and this whole, this whole dynamic as well. And Yeah, like, conflict, conflict's all over the place, isn't it's it? It's all over the place. It's, but, you know, <laughs> within our own lives, within our right. families, within our communities, within right. our nations and amongst nations, etc., amongst right. people right. groups. So I think to somehow get tools i mean you have to accept that conflict is reality not to be in mm. denial but also trying to find tools and, and a desire to build bridges to to, to seek forms of reconciliation and that's mm. obviously a, another big subject but that absolutely yeah. this is the subject that will never for this side of <laughs> the second coming of jesus that's not going to go oh, away man. we need to be <laughs> active and right. active in that no absolutely so then this would say we're next, uh, very well into uh, the next sort of topic is within this field, what has been uh, maybe a failure on your end that you've realized or just that in life in general, what's uh, uh, something that you were able to take away specifically during this career, but overall, just something that you were able to reflect on uh, that was a failure or a lesson. And what did you learn from it? What was something you were able to pick up? Yeah. Yeah. Cause Bruce gave me the question beforehand. So I was mm-hmm. reflecting on this and, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it very intriguing that when we when we apply for a job, for example, one of the things that we have to do is to prefer, present our CV or resume, mm. as you guys say, and we paint the picture of who we are, who we want to paint and portray. And it would be fascinating, wouldn't it, if we could also hand in our CV of failures. These are set CV mm. of successes oh, and our CV good. of failures. and. I said, oh man, it, what, what, I've got so many failures in my life, things that mm. I kind of messed up with. And, and, but I was one that I was thinking that was quite influential in my life was back when I was 18 years old. Mm. And in the English system, we have what called advanced levels, which is the education take from 16 to 18. Mm. And we specialize very early and you normally take two or three, maybe even four A-levels. I took two A-levels which are your final exams and the subjects were history and art and you know the mock exams I was predicted to get sort of C, B, kind of quite a reasonable grade and when it came to the final exams which is it's the make or break that's everything Mm. depends on that Mm. I actually failed my history exam oh no and I got the lowest grade possible with my art exam it was barely like the equivalent of a very basic qualification Mm. And I was devastated. You, you can imagine you've worked all this time and it's not like you're at that time. It was nothing to do with coursework. It was all 100 percent on the final exam. What did I have to show it was mm. a, f- a failure and mm. a very low grade. And yeah, I mean, for sure, that's one of my biggest failures. And it really affected me, obviously, in the short term. But in the longer term, that's an oh, what did I do? How, how did I manage to mess that up? Mm. um so yeah so that's mm. Mm. definitely and I, I i know the next question could be what what did i learn from that well i think right. well if i was to go back i think what i would learn from that is i, I would have gone back to school or tried again i would have okay accept the failure 
Mm-hmm. But then I needed to do something, try try again, and that's it. But actually, what I chose to do at that young age was I chose to, in one sense, just ignore it and deny it and just mm. do something mm. else. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that that leaves a sense of unfinished business mm. in your life and in your heart. So, um, so if I was to go back in time, I would say, Bradley, look, I know it's really hard. I know that you're really disappointed. This is not what you expected. But just take another half a year and sit that exam again so you can have a, I mean, I should have got a much better grade. And mm. I know why I messed up. That's another That's another question. But uh, I, just to go back and just, in a sense, overcome the failure and work through the failure. Mm. And, and something spot on that you said, I was thinking, okay, he's going to say this and you did, was just the part of denial. And when something happens, mm. we, especially in a case like this, we see it and think, yeah. ah, fluke or oh, it was someone else and something like that and although these things can influence it it really does come down to the decision we make and your ability to yeah. be reflective and saying okay what did i do wrong here what could i have done better and a cool mm-hmm. part that you said was leaving the unfinished business because yeah. a lot of times yeah when you shortchange it or you do something and you know you could have done better you're going to have mm-hmm. that right but when you give it your all and you are reflective and hold yourself accountable yeah. you're able to move forward more effectively yeah, and of course, one of the one of the keys is trying to learn from mistakes for sure, mm. and and learning how I can better deal with the mistakes and what I can do do about that. And actually, of course, that's the goal is to be stronger for it. Mm. And that's coming on to some other questions I know that you have coming. Up no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, what's funny is um, you were talking about history, right? So you're talking about the history of the one that you did. Mm. So kind of next idea I like to ask this one here is coffee with a historical mm. figure or uh, I'll try yeah. to I'll try to reach out more to you maybe a cup of tea with a historical figure <laughs> maybe yeah, whatever, I, whatever I know. Is, whatever's I'm, the medium whatever's the medium good, that, good you know. <laughs> a nice English cup of tea, nice English uh, cup of tea. yeah I do drink tea every day I, I drink coffee when my <laughs> wife's around and but I, I enjoy my cups of English tea that's there true even go. now having been a, away from England for over 20 years or so so yeah the historical figure well I am going to return to England and it's a character mm. who fascinates me and that's Winston Churchill mm. um an absolutely fascinating character and I did a seminar in seminar on him on leadership in the previous course and just really learning about this character who was in many ways larger than life but he was so influential so important for us to get through the second world war and the leadership that he provided for the English people um and but he was a he was a flawed character as well and that's that's mm-hmm. what I like about this is is learning that He's got so many good points and inspirational, um, uh, inspirational. I said sermons. He's not a preacher. He's mm. they're, they're sermonic like, but his speeches and just the way he was sort of inspiring people and his leadership that we needed during the Second World War. But he had his flaws as well and his challenges and his failures. And just I would love to sit with him and talk talk about how did he kind of cope with. Now they look back, for example, and they analyze Churchill. Mm-hmm. And they see that probably he had ADHD, for example, which of course is we, that's a that's a, a modern diagnosis in, in mm-hmm. regard to Churchill. But he certainly had all the kind of characteristics of of an ADHDer. And mm-hmm. I would just love to sort of sit with him and talk. How did he kind of manage that and, and work through his failures? And that, that really, for me, again, is is going to be a recurrent theme for this 
this talk is that how do you work for your failures? How do you mm. turn them in a sense to good, to strengthen you and the perseverance that you can get if you really confront failure and work it through um, and that will strengthen you for the future and sure Winston Churchill was in that category right and and what's powerful is having that resilience and being able to develop it but then again if we go back it's the state of denial that it's so easy to find ourselves in and not accepting the responsibility or anything within mm -hmm. that dynamic and finding a way to be self-reflective and then assess what needs to be done and Winston Churchill yeah. incredible example of doing that is as we both know mm -hmm. and listeners if they have some of the history down is, yeah, incredible challenges, but persevered. And really, without him, it's, it would have been a tough situation. That would have unfolded. Be tough. Yeah. Exciting. Definitely. No, I mean, that's 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 a great first person uh, to think of. That's, that's quite good. Uh, so with with the history of this, it's, it's also trying to share with listeners here, what are, for yourself, things that have influenced you? But specifically, let's say... The options we have here a book or a movie or a podcast yeah that has maybe influenced you heavily lightly but just that you would recommend uh, it could be one of yeah. each it could be three of one so as you like okay well the book i just i mean this thing around my collar obviously gives it away what what i what i am in the sense would you would you would you mind bradley uh explaining that to some people who may not know what it is just to give a quick background. sure yeah it's um well, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm ordained through the Anglican tradition, which are, well, if, you, if you're if you talking as a Protestant, oh, I'm going to get all terminology, I'm sorry. If you, it would, you would think of it as the Church of England that happened with King Henry VIII, and that's a whole history lesson. But really, um, I identify as it's, it's rooted in the original church 2,000 years ago, and there's certain traditions, uh, histories that have just passed on through generations. And, mm. and of course, one of these, I mean, was that just, I mean, in a way, it's like a uniform, isn't it? It's just a recognition of what, what you do as, as a profession as well. But I like to think that it's a little bit more than that, that it's something, it recognises who, who you are. But that, that I could unpack that, but let, let's not do that today. <laughs> but let, let's, let, me, let me focus on this, this book because actually I wasn't brought up as a Christian. I had no background in this except for a funeral, maybe a wedding. That was my contact with Christianity. So brought up in a very kind of what we might call a secular home. And so when I recommend a book, kind of like it's the giveaway, I would recommend the Bible. Now, for someone like me who really hadn't read the Bible, and then the first time in actually opening the pages of the Bible, it just blew my mind. I was absolutely, you know, wow, this is, this is incredible stories. Mm. Now, technically, of course, the Bible is one book. It's a library of books, so you can kind of pick out perhaps which book of the Bible you like, but just this kind of encounter and that's with the Bible. And it's a book of mystery and it's certainly not always easy to understand, but when you get to the New Testament, especially, and the stories about the life of Jesus, it's like, wow. And so <laughs> I'm continually right. fascinated by this character who both attracts me to him attracts me to him and sometimes re i'm repelled by the kind of strength mm. of what he says but i can't get i you know i'm a follower 100 percent mm. card mm. following follower of this guy called jesus or in hebrew yeshua mm. um and so for sure if you've not read it and whatever your background please do read especially one of the books of the new testament or the gospels especially um and mm. just being just be confronted with this 
person who has changed so many people's lives and for sure mm. influenced how history has unfolded from that time on. So, yeah, um, I would like, yeah, go on. No, it's just an incredible book that if you haven't heard of it, um, it's been around for a while, so I'm sure you can find it everywhere. Uh, it's a little bit longer, but worth the read if you get the chance. And even if you're not a believer or anything like that, you can yeah. still find some value and just understanding a lot of references that are made in society and uh, groups and cultures. It's, it's a it's a nice way to kind of build that sort of bridge for yourself to kind of new way of just thinking and how people uh, resonate with with this message yeah. quite a bit. So probably if I was to advise you, if you've never picked up a Bible before, just read perhaps Luke's gospel, maybe Matthew's gospel as right. a good starter. Okay. Yeah, that's where we had can I uh, recommend, yeah can i recommend another book or it's, it's yeah, kind no, of go ahead. yeah so it's yeah, just a, a handful to, to get us going go ahead uh, there's one particular author who i've been very influenced by in, in my life and um generally and it's a guy called it's a roman catholic priest called henry newen mm. uh, he's, he's, he's newen? dead now but henry uh you can we can put we can no one well, yeah i'll probably there. pronounce it wrong where where i've written it down somewhere um i'll put the link uh, at the bottom yeah yeah maybe it's okay yeah we maybe could do it later yeah yeah and actually to be honest all his books are mind-boggling fascinating he, he's trained in psychology so he bridges psychology and spirituality which i really like so he's really in touch with well his theme if i could say theme is the wounded healer the idea that we're all broken people, that we're all vulnerable, that we all have our failures and our hurts and the things that have not gone completely right in how we would like it in life. And actually we carry that kind of brokenness. But the real question is, how do we deal with that? And mm. there's one, perhaps one book, it's called The Return of the Prodigal Son. Wonderful story about the Bible. And it's this story of this young man who goes out into the world lives life to the full and then gets to a place of just oh i'm so broken and he returns back to his father and henry henry newen just talks about this in such a rich and a deep way this idea of the son that's been returning back to his father and his father rather than rejecting him just embraces him mm. and it's just this picture of the embrace of the father's unconditional love you know he's he knows the son has sinned he's broken he's He's gone away from the family home, but he just welcomes him home. And if really Henry Newen is just a master of of talking through wounds and, and brokenness and how God can turn those around for good. Right. Um, Powerful so, story, this yeah. one. Yeah, and, and mm. it's also, if you look at this perspective of the father as well, you have the son who, who leaves and the father wants the son to have freedom and abundance. And then the father is also hurt, right? To some extent, Where's my son going? What's happening? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he mentions it, but it also takes some sense of maybe humility or just humbleness to be welcoming of the son back, regardless of the mm -hmm. the damage, let's say, that was done beforehand. Yeah. Or the emotions yeah. that are there that resonated and sat. Of course, it's it's a parable. So it's a, it's a fictitious course, yeah. story that Jesus mm -hmm. tells. And I mean, there's many interpretations, but a key interpretation, of course, is the idea that God is our father. And that mm. we can return to him and he's not going to reject us and turn us away to oh why didn't you do this why didn't you do that he just embraces us braces us and welcomes us back home mm. powerful yeah uh, definitely recommend uh 
Prada was selling just an incredibly cool concept. And like you said, many different interpretations and ways to go about how you see it. But the essence is that, right? It's the, it's the child or even if it's any kind of relationship, let's say, whether it's not like the son, but even the daughter or anything like that. It's, it's coming back and having open arms, some sense, not yeah. of forgiveness, but of being welcomed back, which people are fearful of. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that you do something bad that you need to do something to uh, repent for whatever you did. And if you don't, then you're an outcast. You're not welcome. But the story of the prodigal son seems to illustrate the opposite from that. Yeah, just the, the, the welcome that the father has for his children to return home. Incredible. Okay. Uh, two, two great books. Uh, oh, movie? Come on, I got a yeah, movie. Or movie or podcast or, yeah, yeah. Whatever okay, you're I, I realized I actually wrote down three movies that oh, I love. Yeah, let's do it. We, we, we got time. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Well, and I realized well, I'm a bit of a sci fi slash fantasy fan because Man, I've got down you. The Matrix, Oof. The Lord of the Rings. Ah. And and then my third one, which I, I just want to highlight maybe, is the time machine. And I now I'm a bit older than some of the, the viewers. So I'm talking about the 1960 version of the time machine, which is the film by uh, based upon the book H.G. Wells. But, oh, I, you oh. know, I just love this concept of the time machine and traveling back to certain periods. And and I, it, it just fired my imagination. I can still see the images of this film when say I talk H. about it in my Wells? head. Did you see? Because I think actually I have this book somewhere. Hold on. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, there you oh, go. I, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. So we actually. Do. You've been distracted. That the host has just dashed off now. Ah, I just thought, guys. Yeah, it's two wells right here. Um, yeah. Can I pull it out? It's funny because like, no one really recommends this uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah. Here we go. This one. Yeah. Oh yeah. The time, yeah, it's in reverse uh, of my screen, but yeah, yeah, so that's powerful. So okay, I, well, tell us more about this. Yeah, I just, I, I just love this idea that he went uh, into time, and you could, I mean, I just might, I love reading my kids' books about anything to do with time machines, and someone goes back to the time of the Egyptians or the mm -hmm. time of Jesus, or wherever it is, and just, and like all my kind of Netflix stuff is anything to do with time travel. I get kind of carried away. So yeah, just a fascination with the, the, the idea of traveling through time and meeting right. different cultures and histories and so on and so forth. Mm. So with, yeah, and Lord of the Rings, <laughs> incredible trilogy, and they're taking us way back. Yeah. Land as well. But then a, a very powerful one, uh, which there's actually the fourth installment coming out on Christmas is the Matrix. Oh. I don't know if you heard about this, Bradley. Oh, it's, no, I hadn't. No. Yeah, it's, it's I, called I wasn't Matrix. as keen on the second and the third I mean, they're okay as a trilogy, yeah, yeah. but the first, the first one was this pioneer, and I saw it obviously when yeah. it came out, and yep. it just blew your mind. And I love the idea that mm. you know, they deal with existential questions of life, mm. the kind of deep questions of life, and they put this in a science science fiction format, and this idea of Neil as this kind of messiah-like figure yeah, who right. he doesn't yep. understand yep. he's a, he's a messiah-like figure. Then, then this scene. It, mind-blowing scene in the film when he dies they shoot him you think that's the end of the story it's over and then all of a sudden you get this he kind of resurrects back to life <laughs> and he you get all these movements and here yeah. he is and then he and then they're trying to kill him and that he's just all the bullets are just being Oof. deflected because now he's resurrected he's kind of 
this new this was this is what it was all prophesied about in the oracles as the film says mm. that he would come as this and he would be the one that would save the day mm. and so oh, so i just love these kind of deeper <laughs> there's within within there's something deep within our psyche where we ha there's the mythical stories that we keep coming back to again and again and again and this is one of those stories this idea there must be more to life than death there must be is there is there something that happens after death and it's just this story that in its modern format it's not so modern now i know the matrix but it able it was able to portray this in a way a yearning of the heart mm. that we that i would suggest that we all have whether it be conscious or a more deeper subconscious level exactly yeah and and the the parallel with the story of christ then there are definitely other ways to take it and interpret it and for for myself i'd seen this movie because it came out in 2000, 1999. It was those three or four years. It was early 2000s, late 1990s. Mm. I was only five at the time, so I did wait to see it until I was And no, I mean, okay. I res I love that series, that movie, uh, the next one that's coming out. Yeah. But a lot of times, it's yeah, we're yeah. we're operating in a place where we're just doing something very cyclical, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just for for myself and one of the premises of the show overall is to, to of course learn new things but to question old beliefs because a lot of the times we didn't choose those beliefs and we're operating in a way that we believe we have free will autonomy and independence which isn't necessarily the case for myself you would have to be informed of the different options and to know why you're doing what you're doing in order to actually be this autonomous uh, two-legged animal that's roaming the earth Right, having that having that ability to do that, and now now why uh, why Lord of the Rings? That's I'm curious. Yeah, about. I I, I yeah. can get a bridge there because yeah. Tolkien was a Roman Catholic Christian. He 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 was these books are got laden with symbolism, layers and layers and layers. And one of the there's I hadn't prepared this, but he wrote a book Tolkien about uh, fairy tales and the power and the importance of fairy tales, and he touches upon in this book kind of more analytically how there is this underlying story that we we have that we've inherited that seems to be so generational that they and this is what fairy tales are about this idea of you know good overcoming evil um the hero in the story that is the will lead the people and, and so on and so forth this these stories that undergird all our fairy tales because there's a mythical, there's a deeper part in our lives that yearns for these things. And of course, the Lord of the Rings, at many levels, is based upon the, the, the gospel stories. But you have to, it's not like C.S. Lewis, who was his, who was his uh, friend and professor at the um, Oxford University, who wrote all the Narnia series. His, his, his portrayals are much more easier to grasp within that. But Tolkien had a, a much more multi-layered dimension to it. And... Uh, it's, I mean, it's great visually, isn't it? To just look at the films, but I just love the the different characters and the idea of the good, good and evil in battle with each other, and and the power of the ring, and what 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 does he do in the end? He has to get rid of this ring mm. because it will overtake him. And there's more more that we could say. But no, absolutely. Oh, we, we can do uh, a whole yeah. thing on that. I mean, especially the, maybe I should do a podcast on movies. There, well, there's so many out there. Um, now, yeah, yeah, and, and, and how they can help us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really can. I mean, they're they're mediums to yeah. tell stories that are not new. It's just it's just a, a story and idea that we can definitely derive a lot of value from.
Now, I'm yeah. always curious, though, what do you see uh, Gandalf's role in that movie? I mean, of course, he was significant and he was an all-powerful wizard. But if we had to yeah. create some kind of parallel or significance or symbolism out of that context, what do we see his role? Because he also does sacrifice himself, right? To kill the beast, to kill the, the enemy. So mm-hmm. what do we see with, with his role in that? Yeah, and I think, as I said, it's not it's not so easy to typecast each role with a particular character. So I think there's, there's a multi-layered and different elements like a jigsaw that fits together. So um, if I, I mean, the, of course, the idea of sacrifice that becomes quite Messiah-like and this idea of Gandalf the White, you know, that he appears as this resurrected, more powerful wizard. So for sure that has its, you, you can know where that kind of comes from, but it, but I don't think it's as, as straightforward as saying, like look, um, C.S. Lewis's The Narnia stories, the lion is most clearly the, the Christ. A hundred percent. Someone cannot he's the, see that. The lion of children. It's, it's, <laughs> it's easier to understand. You yes. don't get that with, with Tolkien. And that's, there's charm, there's strength. From, with, I mean, no, I'm comparing them. They were they were friends. They played yeah. off each other and they, they still influence us immensely, these two authors and, their stories but uh but i loved the actually the c.s lewis the light i hated to read i had learning differences when i was younger and the librarian said but there's one book that you must read and it was the lion the witch and the wardrobe by c.s mm. lewis and it just it i actually read the book i read a book for the first time from <laughs> no way page. it just it just captivated yeah. me so mm. there it kind of i mean this is before i was christian i had no idea what I, the kind of layers of symbolism but it shows you there's something about the story the narrative that captures our, emotion, our imagination, yes, but also something within our hearts and and mm. uh, and how that's portrayed. Of course, Lewis, I didn't know we were going to talk so much about Lewis and Tolkien, but uh, they they just approach it in a slightly different way. Oh, powerful. And, and I love how you, rec- you mentioned the, the first book that you were recommended, because I, I remember mine, and I used to not be a reader at all. And the first yeah. one that I was recommended by a librarian, I believe, was the first Harry Potter book. Uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, I should. Uh, but just that first one, like the, the, the power of the narrative and storytelling and mm. this young boy who is neglected or, yeah, he right. wasn't. I mean, this is a story that many children and even adults can resonate with. Yes. And you know, for myself, I'm one of four. Uh, and I felt very loved. Just you, you, you can connect with it a little bit. Uh, and the power mm. of the storytelling there is just powerful. I mean, I will yeah. say some of the, some of the best works of uh, fiction come from the UK. I mean, you guys are crushing it. You guys, you guys have some incredible <laughs> authors, and you guys are really yeah. leaving a mark. No, but we haven't even spoken about Shakespeare, of course, but that's an awesome. Oh story. man! And, uh, <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I hope that every well, if you're listening to this, you should know who he is. If not, Google Shakespeare and have a very good time. We'll say that. Um, let's let's look at the next one. We got uh, podcast, and of course. Podcast, yeah. Aside from this one, no need to mention it. Uh, but <laughs> if there is some, because some people don't listen to podcasts as much, or that's just not their medium. Um, it could even be an interview that you've uh, listened to, or uh, just a recording of someone and yeah. something like that. Uh, what's maybe one or two you would recommend that have resonated? Yeah, with? I, I have to say, obviously, I'm a little bit more. I have a few more years on you, Bruce. So I'm this modern just technology. Just I'm, just, I'm just catching. Yeah. I'm just catching up. So podcast has been fairly recent thing that I've discovered in my life. Um, so, but there is one that I've just started to listen to now, which is 
actually it's by um a bible teacher who absolutely fascinates me he's called tim mackey now tim mackey for for those that don't haven't come across him he's he actually with a friend of his he's done a whole animation series of short videos on youtube he's a youtuber uh where he does sort of three to six minute videos about certain themes in the bible and they're fantastic absolutely fantastic and he's also uh, has a, a podcast where and I love the, the theme it's called exploring my strange bible and he, he's just mm. such an easy guy to listen to I, I can just kind of eat him up all the time the words that he says I, he's so kind of laid back now where is he from I should remember that he's from the oh he's from where are we the west the west coast of of America oh I California can't Washington <laughs> He's south of Washington. Oh, I, I, I okay, I, Wyoming, I, uh, Oregon, Oregon, I, I, Oregon, Oregon. I think it might, there might be Oregon. I should know this as well. Anyway, I'm American. What so, am I doing? Sorry, Tim Mackey, if I forgot where you're located, but that's not really the part. I just love his kind of, he's just really laid back and he's kind of like really, really down to earth and he's very real. Look, this is a strange book and I don't always understand it. Yet he calls himself a card carrying bible nerd it's like and, and I, I i identify with that it's like i don't always understand this book but i can't i can't i keep coming back to it again and again and again and it fascinates me it certainly encourages me it gives me hope and all of these different things and and if you really want i think a cracking bible teacher he, he's definitely worth exploring so that's tim mackey the, the exploring Mackie, my strange bible explain my strange okay I'll, I'll put a link for that down and and he's part of the Bible project. He did the Bible project. Ah, okay. Because wait, so these are yeah. some of the YouTube videos. They're like you mentioned, short clips, and they're cartoons. Yes. Okay. Yeah, my, kind of animation. Or animation, we so, could say. Yeah, uh, animation is yeah. a better way to put it. And uh, yeah, I think I did see a couple of them. My brother had sent yeah, them to me. When yeah. I was teaching you, I, I sent links to that. So yeah, it's the Bible okay. project. They're they're just really, you know, it's now it's really up to date. Kind of this is what everyone listens to, isn't it? YouTube, and mm. he just he's kind of um they've uh what did i say they've connected with that i nearly said market it is a market but it, just that way that people um listen to to things today like the bod, bod podcast that it's just an, a form of communication which is really i think is really mastered in a you right. know in a beautiful way and it's about the most fascinating book that's influenced history isn't it yeah, so it's, it's a, i it's, think for me that's a win-win <laughs> no i mean yeah like you're saying the different form of communication the medium and even yeah. with books i think I mean, there's many reasons why we're not going to film in different mediums like that, but it's really you're getting information and just what works well with the individual. Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. there's still so much value in reading, 100%. Uh, it's been shown to help slow the onset of Alzheimer's and just keep your mind more sharp. Mm. Stuff like, it's just important to remember that, but having these mediums with YouTube and podcasts, yeah. and especially with technology and how, I mean, seeing kids who are or babies and kids who are one, two, three using these devices, you think, oh no, they're yeah. being hijacked, your brains. And you, it's gonna be incredibly tough to prevent that. So if we're finding a way to, while they're using it to show stuff like this and mediums of development, yeah. it's gonna be powerful. And even for adults, yeah. and all dynamics. Yeah, I mean, I've got a seven year old and he's on YouTube and some of it is just, just I think some, to be honest, rather stupid stuff that they watch, but he does watch a lot of things about animals and he comes up with words and things that you think no way a seven-year-old can come up with this. so <laughs> oh, it's like so there is a lot there is a lot like all things to be honest is that there's a lot of good and that it can be used for the bad as well as we know but 
just exactly. trying to monitor them and and it is it is the world in which we live mm, mm. yeah can't really get out of it until unless we take the red pill like neo so <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, the only way we can right, do it. Yeah. I mean, unless we're taking that pill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, incredible. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk with uh, what's what's next in the life of uh, Reverend Bradley Long. What's yeah, next, so, uh, a few months, year look like for you? What's, what's going on? Yeah. So, um, so we moved back to Norway just over a year ago, and that's been quite a big change for us as a family. Certainly, I've experienced what's called reverse culture shock, even though this is not my home country. So I've got that added dimension of readjustment back into the Norwegian culture. And for sure, I miss Israel very much. But so, but it connects with what I want to do next. I, I, I want to do some work connected to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Mm. And so I've written a PhD proposal looking at reconciliation work between the two people groups specifically with a, with a, an idea of looking at NGOs, three NGOs that work within reconciliation, Christian NGOs, that's just, just to narrow it down for now, um, and looking at how they both, what theories they use, what theologies that they employ, and what practice that they do working with reconciliation. So I'd just love to, to research that to see actually, well, obviously what their theoretical and theological premise is, but how are they succeeding in reconciliation work? And it's, as we know, it's a conflict region that's been going on for at least over a hundred years with no, no seemingly possible future at the moment. And so mm. it'd be fascinating to see, are there these little pockets where there is some measure of success or moving towards reconciliation? That's possibly a more realistic picture, but that would be the nature of my research. So. I've sent an application. I've got another application to write beginning of January. So I'm really hoping that that will come to fruition to be a, what we call a research fellow. So, mm. um, so that's in, I can do my bit. That's in the good Lord's hand if that door is open. Otherwise, I will um, look at trying to serve in the church or in the local church here. And I'm just in negotiation with some theological faculties here to see how I can uh, what what I need to do to to work in the church here in the Norwegian context. So that's 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 what's next for me. Mm. Oh, exciting! And what's uh, we'll have to have you on again after the PhD is or the, uh, the paper is written. We'll have yeah. to have you done. That'll be yeah, exciting. Yeah, and, happy to. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's even for my, myself as well. Just as you mentioned, going back to to not just Israel, but working with the the, the conflict itself is mm. from what I've from my experiences after you have an experience. Just within that dynamic, right? Neither you or I are Israeli or Palestinian, but we've been in that area and we've learned enough. And there's some semblance that we have, some of the tools that can that can help, some capacity. Mm. And mm. I find it difficult to learn about something, be living with the people, uh, you more than mm. myself, and seeing that, and then just thinking, ah, oh, wow, this is really tough. Okay, I'm gonna go back to where I'm at. It's doable and it can happen, but there's the, sort of the longing to to finish that business that was unfinished and it may never be finished, but like you said, the, the gap in the heart and finding that out, uh, I feel yeah. always pulled back. So I, I, I resonate with you on that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Now where can, uh, we got a few more here. Where can, uh, where can we find you? And I'm sure yeah. listeners are going to love just your voice, your personality and just the energy you brought. Thank you. You know, my 15 year old son says, dad, 
you've got to get yourself a YouTube channel. Oh, up running. You love to teach <laughs> and all this. It's like, I've been, I'm so sorry that I've been so slow in getting going. So where, mm. where you find me, I'm still back in the realms of just emails at the moment. So I have no kind of web page up and running and podcasts, but maybe Bruce and my, you'll be an inspiration for me and my oh, son for sure will be kind of, come on, dad, you can do it. Yeah. You know, you've got things to say, so get mm-hmm. out there. And, so I'm really sorry. So you're going to probably have to ask Bruce for my email address I, for now. I'll, I'll and put the email Maybe next time sure. I'm back. Yeah, yeah no, I'll put the email there for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, just a good way to connect and just seeing you know, if there are questions or future, the paper you're going to write in the future, just ways to connect with that. Uh, I mean, also... I, I am. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Bruce. No, no, I'm, sorry. I, I do I'm, actually, anyone... I'm doing some um, online teaching with uh, three different students uh so that's really fun so hmm. i'm slowly but surely getting more more up to date so maybe that's another direction as well more kind of general online teaching hmm. oh, powerful and and yeah it's it's as we were talking in the nature to teach and just resonate and connect and if anyone wants hmm. to make the trip out there i'm not going to say what city you live in but always go to norway oh i, I said that i'm in oslo <laughs> oh you are in oslo wait really oh, ah yeah, yeah. okay I, I definitely <laughs> that's didn't. okay I, that went over my head but in also which I mean, it's not a big city. I had I had the chance of going. As you remember, funny story. I went to Norway, and Bradley <laughs> saved me from freezing my body off. I, I was in Israel, and I had no clothes for the cold. So I was in Israel, traveled to Norway, and this man yeah. saved me with the proper shoes. Oh, yeah, the boots, that's right. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, without you, look, it was still cold, but because that country is just freezing twenty four seven, just about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> be so go visit Bradley in Norway and Oslo okay. and you'll all have a good time. Uh, just okay. the last two bits. Um, this part, I just want to say you know, thank you for coming, of course, but more so the gratitude, to just your overall mission and your desire for knowledge, your desire for different cultures, mm. to find a way to bring mm. them together and really having not just a desire, but more so the pull, you would say, instead of the push yeah. to do the pull. Because that's more yeah. and more purpose driven to go to these places, to learn these concepts and to also be humble enough to acknowledge what you don't know and to be receptive of new information and to not accept it as absolute truth, but to learn from it and then apply it to what makes sense. So thank you for that, because we need more of yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's inspired me. And of course, thank yeah. you for baptizing me. That's another story, but <laughs> there's a lot of gratitude there. Uh, yeah, to, that's fantastic. Uh, and and well, thanks so much. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And uh, just a uh, question to really just wrap it up. Um, so, as you see on the bottom or on the podcast, I have a section just saying the negative, the nugget of wisdom to elevate like Zeus. Right. So, what does that mean? The the concept of the show with mm. uh, Zeus with Bruce, Zeus, mythological character, mm. but his rise from essentially being mm. a, an outcast and trying to be destroyed mm. by Kronos, his father. Uh, finding his way to elevate and go through these challenges and persevere and become who he is in mythology, but still a influential figure. Mm. What would be if someone wanted to mm. get to go through that process? What's a nugget of wisdom you could recommend that would would leave listeners with a good piece of takeaway mm. that they can implement or just think about after they finish this up? I want to leave you with a paradox. And the paradox is this, and the Apostle Paul said it so simply, simply, he said, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, 
then I am strong. And it's this idea of what I've tried to hint at through this um, talk is embracing our weakness, our failures, if you like, our weaknesses. And then when we when when we're real with ourselves, and of course I would put the perspective of God in the picture, when we're real with ourselves, then I would say God is strong through us. Mm, mm. Something to think about and the humility and that's that's powerful. Bradley, thank you. <laughs> okay, guys. It's absolutely you. incredible. God bless your listeners. All what right. a way to kick it off. Uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, we're going to have this everywhere. And yeah, very powerful, I, I think, for the vulnerability and said the gratitude before. Uh, but we'd love to do this again, especially when you have your own YouTube channel or even not that channel, just a medium where you're continuing and mm. able to exponentially increase the influence you have and the messages you have to share. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm going to stop on your show. (laughs) We'll we'll talk a little bit too. Uh, All right. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye now. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay.